I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth Admission. People are starting to figure out their summer plans now, but the coronavirus makes that a tricky proposition. Chronicle reporter Curtis Alexander has a new story looking at what Yosemite will be like this summer. Will there be restrictions on visitors like last year, or will there be big crowds? I also stumped him with some Yosemite trivia. Let's see how you do on these questions. Curtis Alexander, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Heather. Well, I know a lot of people are starting to plan their summers, which is um, still kind of confusing with health restrictions still in place, but people eager to get out and about somewhat. And you have a really interesting new story looking at Yosemite and what it will look like this summer with um, the coronavirus still in play. And I was wondering if you can just describe to listeners briefly what you found. Sure. You know, I think Yosemite, like a lot of cities and schools and businesses, is still trying to figure things out largely. They don't know what health conditions are going to be going forward. I mean, a lot of people are vaccinated now, but a lot of people still aren't vaccinated. So they're trying to or they want to accommodate. They want to accommodate the needs of all populations. And uh, at this point, They've opened to some degree, but they have restrictions in place, just like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Are there likely to be caps on admission and or reservation requirements? I think that's the big question. As you know, last year, over the summer, starting in about mid-June, the Park Service did put in place caps on admission. To get into the park, you had to uh, call and get a reservation in advance. And um, for some people, this was a good thing because when they got to the park, it was quieter. They didn't have to deal with lines and crowds and traffic and things like that. But for a lot of people who just want to get in their car um, here in the Bay Area, you know, in the morning and drive up to Yosemite, you had to be a little bit more calculated. And um, for a lot of the businesses up there, um, they weren't all that happy about the reservation policy because um, they want people up there. And a lot of these gateway communities rely on tourism for their livelihood. But as far as this year goes, I think the park is still taking a wait and see approach. Springtime is when things start to get busy up there with the waterfalls and people wanting to get outdoors. And um, I think they're going to see how it goes. And um, if people can maintain space and there's not a lot of crowds, I think they're going to try not to have the reservation policy. But Hmm. uh, if things get tight, um, maybe they're going to turn toward. At this point, they're just not saying. Yeah. My family went for a day last summer. We were able to get an online reservation, and I actually liked it a lot better because there was so much more space and, you know, the crowds that just get so overwhelming. In regular yeah, what time of year did there. you go? In the summer. It was July, if memory serves. So, yeah, we enjoyed it. I know in your story you laid out some things that are open and some, thing that, some things that are not open. Can you lay that out? Sure. Um, You know, one good thing is that there's going to be a lot more open this year than there was last year. I mean, last year they had hotels and restaurants closed down and they were for a while just allowing people to go outdoors. Um, But now um, at this point, most hotels are open. Most campgrounds are open. Stores and restaurants are open. All of these businesses and uh, places have limitations and restrictions on how many people can come in and so forth. But if you want to stay up there overnight or you want to go to the store, you want to find something to eat, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that a lot of different people are weighing in on on what the summer at Yosemite should look like. So what did you hear from conservation groups who are concerned about the environment? 
Yeah, there was a lot of pressure last year when the parks were remaining open um, and there wasn't enough staffing in the parks to keep an eye on visitors. So there was a lot of pressure to limit attendance so that the parks wouldn't get trampled and you wouldn't have people, if bathrooms were closed, people going to the bathroom in the woods or um, just to try to have a lot more control in parks. So this year, uh, a lot of the conservation groups are uh, urging the parks to have more limited visitation policies. Um, So um, it's going to be an interesting situation because on one hand, you have the business communities, like we talked about, wanting to have the parks more open and they don't want Mm -hmm. limitations. But then on the other hand, you've got the environmental perspective and they don't want to see any harm done to the wildlands. So Mm -hmm. the park trying to navigate that fine line is going to be pretty, um, it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. I imagine those who run small businesses in Mariposa and Oakhurst and other towns in the Yosemite area are hoping for a full return, right? Because they've been pretty devastated. Oh, absolutely. If you talk to any businesses, and I have over the past year, I mean, they're just not seeing anywhere near the traffic that they had seen in past years. I think last year, um, the attendance figures for national parks came out about a month ago. And I think about um, maybe two and a half million people visited Yosemite last year. That's um, down almost half, between a third and half of Mm -hmm. what the park normally sees. So that does translate into dollars for Mariposa and Oakhurst and Groveland and a lot of the communities alongside the park. I spoke to, uh, actually, I didn't, uh, a better story is I, I, I heard one, um, uh, I heard that one business owner, this is third hand, but it may or may not be true, but it gives you a sense of kind of what people are <laughs> thinking up picky. there. <laughs> exactly. She, uh, she, she's saying she has to take out a second mortgage or she's, thinking about taking out a second mortgage on her home uh, in order to afford supplies and bring back staff, but she can't make that decision until she knows whether the park is going to have a reservation policy in place, because if they have a reservation policy in place, she's not going to get enough business. So that just gives you sort of an idea of what some of the businesses are thinking and the issues they're kind of wrestling with as the park makes up its mind on how to operate this summer. Yeah, I think those same issues are being felt here in San Francisco by small business owners who rely on summer tourists and uh, don't know, have any idea what th- what that is going to look like, restaurants and especially places at Fisherman's Wharf and Pier 39. So Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, so, much, so much remains up in the air during the mm-hmm. coronavirus, whether it's you know, us knowing whether our kids are going to go back to school and when or what's going to be open tomorrow or the next day or where we can go on vacation. Everything is just, yeah. it's, it's crazy times. It is. And are health officials saying anything about national parks and what they would like to see at Yosemite? Because, of course, most of it would be outdoors, which is safer, but there are indoor places too. Yeah, the park has generally been following the guidelines of the county health officers and Mariposa County in particular, because that's the main gateway to the park. And uh, I think they just moved into the orange tier. So the commercial services in the park are mimicking what's going on outside the park. And I think the orange tier, and you might know better than me, allows hotels and restaurants and retail to open as long as there's not quite as many people coming indoors. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, as as the tiers move up, um, obviously the, the places in the park are going to become more open if, if, that's the, if that's the trend, if that's the direction we continue to go. 
We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. On a personal note, when was the last time you were in Yosemite? I know you're an avid outdoorsman. Yeah, um, I uh, I was up there a couple times last year. I haven't been up there this year. Um, I love Yosemite. Um, I, I don't I, I don't necessarily love the crowds up there. Um, and often, if I'm going up to the Sierra, I'll find a different place to go. But uh, you can't beat the scenery in Yosemite. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. What time of year do you think is best? I think right now spring um, mm-hmm. is probably one of the best times of year because of the waterfalls and you don't have the summer crowds coming up there yet. Things are coming into bloom, the snow's melting, the rivers are full, the flowers are beginning to blossom, bears are coming out of hibernation. It's just a great time of year. You're making me want to go to Yosemite right now. Do you think you'll be back this summer? Oh yeah, I'm sure I'll be back. Um and, uh, you know, who knows, there might be a story up there that I'll have to chase. So, uh, <laughs> I think you better I, I find turn one. Down, exactly. I won't turn <laughs> down that assignment. And do you have a favorite waterfall? Oh, good question. You know, I think it's probably um, the, uh, uh, the firefall, um, mm-hmm. which is Horsetail Fall um, in the valley. And that's, uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I've seen pictures. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. Um, the light, the winter light shines in such a way in February that it hits the waterfall and uh, it looks like there's fire flowing over the edge of the canyon. It's pretty amazing. And um, wow. in February, you get just tons of photographers flocking up there to, to capture this. It's only a few minutes a day. It's only a few minutes of the day that that phenomena takes place. But um, if you have your camera ready, you'll definitely get a good postable picture. Nice. Well, um, last time I was a guest on Fifth Admission, which doesn't happen very often, um, my co-host Damian Bola tried to stump me with some trivia about cable cars, and they were way too hard. Um, I failed miserably, but I thought I would give you some much easier questions about Yosemite if you're up for it. Uh Uh-oh. All right, bring them on. (laughs) Which U.S. president signed the Yosemite Land Grant, giving Mariposa Grove and Yosemite Valley and protecting them? President Roosevelt. Lincoln, I was back in 1864. <laughs> I hope we can edit this part out. My history of Yosemite <laughs> is uh, far from perfect. <laughs> okay, let me find one or two more. Do you know what is the tallest waterfall in Yosemite? The name is in the question. That's a big hint. Yeah, I think it's Yosemite Falls, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't yep. that the tallest waterfall in North America? It's uh, my trivia list says it's one of the tallest on the planet, so probably two thousand four hundred and twenty-five feet. That's a big drop. <laughs> Do you know what major sporting event Yosemite once tried to host? The Olympics. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> oh, really? Wow! But it lost to Lake Placid. It was the nineteen thirty-two Winter Olympics. Oh wow! And what sport was born in Yosemite? Rock climbing. Yes. See, you're good at this. Okay, last one. Yosemite is one of the few places in the country where you can see what in the sky at night? Wow, you stumped me on this one. (laughs) Uh, I've seen a few things in the sky there. Um... Rainbows. They're called lunar rainbows or moonbows. Oh. And how does that, uh, how do those form? What's the, um, 
It's related to the waterfalls, and if you have a very clear night, then the mist can still, and a very bright moon, the mist can still create a a moon bow. That's amazing. Yeah. So very you learn cool. something new every day on Fifth and Mission. Yeah. Thank you for uh, schooling <laughs> me on that, Heather. It's much appreciated. Well, thank you so much for coming to talk to me. It was fun to catch up. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thanks to Curtis Alexander for joining me today, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening. 